Alright guys, welcome to another episode of Church and Other Drugs. My name is Jed, as usual. Uh, how's everybody doing? Spring has finally sprung. Uh, it's warm out here. I don't know if the all that polar vortex crap is still going on. Um, so we have uh, we got an exclusive today. Um, we have uh, Robert Mueller uh, on the show. He's going to tell us about a little uh, little report he just came out with. Uh, I don't know. That's my attempt at political humor. Um, today we I got Dave from Dopey back on the show. My good buddy Dave. We uh, shoot the shit, talk about podcasting and life and loss and love and you know become best friends again and Dave all this is so this is this is how it goes when Dave comes on my show he he does the interview it's great and then he immediately texts me that he doesn't want me to air it or that he wants me to take things out and he's like was it good I think it was good Dave it's always good you're always good people just like hearing you talk for the love of God it's gonna be okay um if uh yeah if you if you guys haven't checked out dopey podcast yet afterwards please go uh like and subscribe dopey the dark comedy of drugs and addiction um i think i got that right i don't know it's changed a bunch um but yeah um and if you like this episode you can go back um dave's been on a couple of times and and chris also has been on a couple of times if you want to go listen to those um we got a new patreon but i was told not to say her name or maybe it's a him but to that new person thank you i really appreciate it um if you want to join our patreon patreon.com backslash church and other drugs this week uh, at tyler and jed go to the movies we talked about every movie under the damn sun um we went through robert pattinson uh, who's gonna be the new batman superman uh, army hammer uh I mean, it's more than that, if that doesn't tickle your fancy. But we talked about a bunch of movies. So when it's, when it's uh, to tell you about the Patreon, when it's, sometimes it's me, Tyler, Kenzie, and Heath Dills. Um, we call ourselves the Raccoon Crew. And when, we, when we're all together, that's what that is. And then so far, when it's been just me and Tyler, we always end up talking about movies. So we just call it Tyler and Jed Go to the Movies. Um, so yeah, movies and TV shows and all that. So um, and then I have uh, bonus interviews from some of my guests, um, some of John's speaker tapes from AA, some of Debesh's speaker tapes um, from when we've told our stories, other podcasts I've been on, just a bunch of stuff. It's good stuff. And you get access to our private Facebook group, which is really fun. It's where a large portion of my drug memes come from. So it's a good time. It's a good time had by all. But everybody sit back and enjoy the interview with Dave. And Dave, once again, it's good Quit stressing out.
doing it this time. Man. You bet. Man. Yeah. All right, we're, we're going again. So. Uh, All right. No problem. Incognito. Um, I'm here with uh David Chef, uh, author. Yes, I. I'm a very famous author. It's true. I've written a very successful film. Perhaps you've seen it. Yes, I'm beautiful s- boy. <laughs> Once again, so <laughs> fucking David Chef. So I saw that you had him on, and it 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 uh, raised my hackles once again because a while back I was messaging him, and I got I was like, "Hey, do you do podcast interviews or whatever?" And he was like, "Yeah, yeah." And then I got all the way to like, uh the name of my show and then like radio silence and just he just never talked to me again he never responded once he heard church and other drugs well i don't know if that was it but that was the last thing sent i was like yeah yeah here you go that was it well you need you need to know the way i am with this stuff mm-hmm. and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna tell the story and i'm gonna say that david chef um was one of the best interviews i ever got to do like that's the first thing i'm gonna say about it like i've interviewed a, a bunch of people some are better than others. David Chef is in like maybe the top three interviews. Um, and I didn't expect that. But so I want to say David Chef was generous. He was a good subject. He came on the show. However, <clears throat> I spent like a year trying to get him on. And then, and of course, um, I, I used Jewish guilt to get him on. I wrote him a note about Chris dying. And he wrote me back right away. And he was like, uh, oh, that's terrible. And you know, because his son almost died. Yep. And he was like, I, I want to come on. And I was like, great, let's set it up. And that was right when the movie came out. Okay? Uh, he said, Yeah. He, yeah, I thought it was going to be really cool. I was very excited. And he was like, I'm going to come on, blah, blah, blah. Then, like, three weeks pass and he doesn't write me back. So I write him, I start, I don't let it go. I just start <laughs> writing him. I said, You said you were going to come on the show. Why aren't you responding? And then another couple of weeks go by and he writes me back and he says, I'm not going to be able to come on until January. And this was in November. And like the beautiful boy was in November. The movie came out in November. Yeah. You know, I'm sure he was so like I, hammered with requests all of a sudden. He was like, I'm sorry, uh, today's show, but I'm doing the dopey <laughs> podcast exactly. today. I wish you would have said uh, something like, I'm far too, like, I was going to come on your show, but this this whole thing with a movie, so I'm far too famous, so I will be passing on a... Well, that's what, that's basically what he, that's, listen, Judd, that's basically what he said. Okay, when, when he said, I'll wait till January, I wrote him back, because I'm a fucking piece of shit. I wrote him back, it would be way better for me if you came on the show while your movie was in the theater. Like, what do I, you know what I mean? But... I want you to come on the show no matter what. I want that Nick chef to come on the show. And I figure, yeah. you know, whatever. So uh, so January comes around. And uh, I write him. And no David chef. You know, and no response. And I'm like crazy. Like, it's like you should have seen me when I was an internet dater. It was terrible. You know what <laughs> I mean? I, I just did the worst shit all over the place. So every week in January, I just wrote him. And he didn't respond. And then at the end of the month in January, I, I wrote a direct tweet to him that said, I can't believe you said you would do something and you just didn't do it. That's Ooh, what I wrote. Damn, dude. See, you're so ballsy with that. I, it's because I'm insane. It's because my sobri- yeah. I don't have good sobri- I don't have good recovery. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, I, I was hurt. I was, I was totally hurt. And then... 
he caught himself and he's and he kept pushing it back and then he kept pushing it back again he pushed it back another fucking four weeks now the irony is i ha- i read beautiful boy when i was fucking high uh-huh. i read all of uh nick chef's books when i was high and i didn't have a good working knowledge of the books but as soon as he gave me a date i was like gotta read the book and i start reading the book because it was gonna be that night and i was like fuck it i read the first chapter I'm on the way home. I'm going to read the last chapter. I'll be good enough for the interview. And then he puts it off again. So I was like, okay, I <laughs> read a couple more chapters. Then he puts it off again. And and by the he put it off four times. But the day that it was finally ready to go, I had finished the book. Oh, so wow. it was like yep. it was like the interview that I was the most prepared for out of any interview. So I had notes. I had a binder with pages of fucking beautiful boy notes. Oh, that's so hilarious. Like, it is. It's, that's God, right? Isn't that isn't that God working for us and I, not against us? I would imagine so. I mean, I think yeah. so. Like, if nothing else is. And did you see the movie? I did. What'd you think? It's not nearly as good as the book. Yeah. Right. Right. I thought. Um, the, what, I mean, I can say positive things and I can say negative things. You know, a positive thing was. Uh, so so stupid, but I loved how his house looked. His house looked yeah, so luxurious. Rad, yeah. <laughs> you know, I love. I, I want to live in a house like that, right? Well, what what was interesting? There was zero, and I and I guess I'm because I've read Nick's books. I don't know if I if I read Beautiful Boy. I don't remember. I think I read parts of it, but I've read all of Nick's. Um, and. I don't remember him saying much about God, and I thought it was interesting. That was probably the first recovery movie where there was like nary a a whisper of the the there God was, thing. There was a lot of God in the book, and, okay. and in fact, there was God in the book in that God was absent from David Chef's life. Oh wow! And, uh, See, that's and powerful every, as fuck. And at every turn, and I should have talked about that on on Dopey. That's something I totally missed. But at every turn in the book. The counselors are saying the only way Nick's going to get out of this is with God, and David Sheff doesn't have God. And at the end, he finds God. Really? You know, it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's very powerful. It's a great book. All right, it's, I got. Like I got to go back and read it. I got to. Yeah, yeah, I don't I, know if um does I've never. I don't even think I've ever heard like Nick do an interview, like at least on a podcast or anything. No, I haven't either. Um, I haven't either, and uh, he's never responded to me. I've heard a lot of rumors, like a lot of weird rumors about about him. Oh, please so do I, tell, please. Well, there are there are you know I've heard that he might be on medicated assisted treatment, mm. you know, and uh, you know who knows. Like, well, what was I don't great? Know I, I saw th- I saw one thing in real time where it was before he wrote "We All Fall Down," but he was like doing these news interviews with. Um, I don't know, whatever, we'll say Good Morning America, something like that. Um, and he did this interview, and then they re-interview him three weeks later, and he's and the, the the reporter's like, yeah, Nick, so you asked me to, to come re-interview you, and would you like to say why? And he was like, yeah, I was super high during that whole thing. Like, I relapsed, and uh, yeah, I've been lying for, like, months. And I was like, that's fucking, that's legit. Yeah, like that yeah, is yeah, yeah. that is some upper level deception of addiction right there. Totally. I mean, but like, you know, he was young and he rolled right from fucking 
sobriety into book writing into book tour and it's a ton of pressure oh, you know it's a recovery like, celebrity and it's like it's just one of those things you know like i i don't know what his deal is like and i hate even just me floating it that he might be on medicated assisted treatment i don't know shit you know what i mean like anybody who's listening to me i don't know anything that's just what i heard from one person and and the fact that nick chef hasn't written me back and i'm like what the fuck man um, right, right. And, he, and like, you know, dude, do you know how many people I write that don't write me back? Like I would say 99% of the people. So that what's are... your, what's your, what's your, um, do you, is it all you getting all of your interviews or are you using like little, little tendrils, little tentacles out there? Do you have little, little drones doing your thing? I don't have little drones. I, I'll tell you, I'll break it down. I'll be a hundred percent transparent. I don't give a fuck. Um, Okay. The number one source, well, I would say I had three sources, okay? I have me fucking going berserk out there, writing every motherfucker something here and there. Okay, and that's that's the groundwork. I, and and I that's that email much. or what when you say writing them? Uh, I, if I can find an email, I email them. I write them on Facebook. I write them on Instagram. I write them on Twitter. I'm like fucking stalker crazy person. Um. I'll f- then um, round two is, uh, you know, I guess how I got to Dr. Drew. I got to Dr. Drew via Twitter, mm. you know, and, and it came with like the success of Dopey and like it, between the iTunes charts, Twitter and Dopey kind of emerging. We had one day where we had passed Dr. Drew in the ratings. So I tweeted at, I, I think I tweeted at him, suck it, Drew. <laughs> we're, we're, we're ahead of you with the rating, you know, and something like that. That's and, um, and then I heard from, from them, uh, and then no, somebody else, some dopey nation guy was like, yeah, fuck you, Drew, suck a dick or something. And then I wrote, <laughs> and then I wrote like, no, we love you, Dr. Drew. Yeah. Uh, we want you to come on the show. And then I heard from his wife right away. So like Dr. Drew's wife, her name is Susan is like the biggest supporter of Dopey in the world. And she's gotten me, she got me Andy Dick. She got me, um, somebody else. She got me Andy Dick. I, I'm, uh, I tell you, I can't, I'm blanking on who Reiner. she got me. No, Nick Reiner. We got Nick Reiner. Uh, Nick Reiner is a classic. Yeah. Nick Reiner, um, you know, Nick Reiner is totally MIA by the way. Oh, that's a bummer. Well, I think he might be angry at me because I was mean to him in the last bunch of dopey episodes. Well, wasn't he high though? It's possible. Was it just like, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Well, wasn't it just like good-natured ribbing, like your standard, like? No, no, because I, I, because like I got angry at him because I felt like maybe he wasn't being a hundred percent honest. Oh, okay. And um, and like. But I think it's different for somebody like Nick Reiner than it is for me because I'm Dave from Dopey. Yeah, it's not Dave on my last name. He's Nick Reiner, and like so, yeah. and he's not a hundred percent in recovery. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even when he's a hundred percent recovery, he's smoking weed like Snoop Dogg. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like it's like so. That's a lot of pressure to put on him, and he wants to be. He wanted to be on Dopey, and he loved being on Dopey. He told me, and then like, but I was such a dick to him because. Like, people are listening to Dopey, like, and I think they need an actual message of recovery. Like, I feel like to be wishy-washy about it is a dangerous thing to do when you have listener base. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah? 
So, so like that was dangerous. But the way we got him, it's like me and Chris had done the show for a minute. You know what I mean? Like I think we did the show for three or four months, maybe less. And I'm in my kitchen. You're in the. I was alone on the Lower East Side of Manhattan before I moved back in with uh, Linda, and um, I was listening. And I was listening to the Howard Stern show every day. And um, I'm standing in my kitchen. I'm smoking cigarettes out the fucking window in the kitchen. And uh, and that day, Rob Reiner and Nick Reiner were on the Howard Stern show. And Nick Reiner is blasting AA on the Howard Stern show. And I'm like, this motherfucker. And, uh, and I called Chris. And I said, dude, we have to get this guy, Nick Reiner, on the show. And Chris is like, okay. And Chris is, <laughs> Chris, Chris's move is he just goes on Facebook and he writes Nick Reiner, which is something that I didn't, you know, like that's how Chris was, you know, Chris, you know, he was very direct like that. He was like, Hi, my name is Chris and I do this podcast and blah, blah, blah. And, and then for six months, we don't hear anything. And then, then six months later, Nick Reiner writes back. And that's because he didn't look at his Facebook messages. Yeah, time. that's happened to me before. It's like, I don't even like, I'm like, oh, why is this person writing me? I'm like, oh, because I wrote you in 2011. Gotcha. Hey, what's up? Guy? That's, that's probably what happened. So, yeah. um. So that's how we, we get him. I mean, and then like, you know, Bob Forrest. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other great source for me is is where I work. It's Katz's Deli. Yeah. And like, and, and the fucked up thing about it is like, I used to work five days a week in the deli and I would see celebrities all the time. I only work a couple days a week in the deli now. I do this catering stuff. So like my exposure to potential celebrities has really dipped. But one day I'm working at Katz's, you know, I'm I'm, at, I'm behind the French fries. I'm getting a, a big plate of French fries. And there's this man at the French fries. And I was like, this guy looks exactly like Bob Forrest. And, uh, and I look at him quick and I run to the table and I serve the fries. And I'm like, how many people on earth could possibly look like Bob Forrest? Yeah. You know, maybe. So three. Then I, who knows? So I run to the back of the store and I see him and I said, dude, are you Bob Forrest? And he was like, yeah. And, um, and like immediately he agreed to do the show because he like remembered Chris and he loved the idea. And like, so like, and I think Bob Forrest had told Drew a million times. So when I finally tweeted at Drew, it was like dominoes. Then the other thing at Katz's was like that whole David chef story. When he wrote me back <clears throat> and he said he wouldn't come on till January, I felt like super crestfallen and, and depressed. Ooh, and good, I, and I good word, my friend. Crestfallen. crestfallen. Well, I, it, I love it. It was, I was crestfallen. And um, I take I and I take the maitre d's vape, and I don't I don't have a vape because it gets too messy in my pocket. I take the maitre d's vape, and I go outside, and I'm standing there, and I'm thinking like, what is the future of Dopey if I can't get David Chef on the show? And I'm standing there, and I'm like, well, I guess I can have friends on, I can do this, like you know, whatever. Like, and I I look across the street, and fucking Mark Maron is walking down the street. I swear to God, that's like fucking, was, that's was, where your mind goes, though. That's where your mind. So if I can't get David Chef, where the fuck does the show is over? I mean, I I get it. That's why it's so funny to me. But that that your mind goes there. Well, that's how I am. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that, that's totally how I am. And like, you know, I think that when Chris was alive, no, I would talk to Chris about it all the time. And Chris would always, Chris would always say celebrity guests aren't going to make the show better. And I would always say they'll validate the show's existence. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Chris was right. 
they don't necessarily make the show better. But when you get names on the show, it makes people take interest. Well, you know what I'm saying? yes, that's so that's kind of how so we started out. Our idea being I met I know so many friends that have crazy ass stories. So I'm going to get them. And then you get a taste of the high name, high profile guest. And then you go on a little I went on a little dovetail of chasing that. And then when those started to trickle down, that's when I had that moment of like, fuck, what am I going to do? And then I was like, oh, yeah, I still have pretty much an endless supply of friends that that have like really good and interesting stories. So I kind of just went back to that. Um, and then just every now and then uh, trying to get the, the big name for the little the little boost or notoriety or that's it's so weird what you find out about yourself uh doing a fucking podcast what do you mean because that's that's interesting to me well so i I was telling you about my frustrations because yeah it's been like three years now so i'd gotten i got pissed because i see i think it's all about ego for me i mean i know it is and and it sucks um, but it's like, I, I, I know I've, so like we started our show as the pigeonhole of like, we are, uh, too Christian for AA, not Christian enough for Christianity or whatever. We're in this weird little middle ground and then we kind of moved into whatever. Um, and now it's like in order to grow in the, as I called it, the cool guy club of either camps. It just doesn't work out because it's like, you know, I talked to Bob Forrest and I've had you and it's like, <clears throat> especially the California people, I really think there's the assumption that just by nature of me being a Christian means I'm fucking weird in some really crazy way. And it's just like, you know what I mean? It's just that I get it. I do get the stigma. Oh, no, it's funny. It's funny because it's like anybody around drug addiction and recovery is weird, period. We're all a bunch of yes. fucking total weirdos. They're just fucking pussies. And they think because you have a specific faith that isn't necessarily like Mr. Cool Faith, you're not a Buddhist. If it was called if it Buddha was Buddhist and, and, and yeah, other yeah, drugs, yeah. it'd be yeah. massive. It'd be massive. It'd be you should massive, change the name. Dude. You should I be should... like, we've changed the name. And then you should just implant your head that Buddha is Christ. Because a lot of people believe that. You know what I mean? And just semantically, you call it fucking Buddha and other drugs. Fuck it, man. It's it, like it, you're, you're going to be selling vegan fucking ice cream next week. Exactly. You know? It's going to – It's going to. everything's going to – I don't know why Christ isn't cool. Today, you want to hear something fucked up? You're, you're going to be very – I mean I, I took pride in this moment and also a little bit of fear. This morning, I went to, to my wife's friend's baptism and okay. she's uh, – she, her friend's daughter's baptism. What and she's uh, Like what denomination? Greek Orthodox. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It was serious. <laughs> you know, and I don't know anything about Greek Orthodox. I don't know anything. I don't know. I know very little about Christianity. I grew up Jewish. Um, I grew up in Manhattan with a ton of Jewish friends. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't hang out with many Christians. Like, most Jewish people in America grow up, like, alone in some town and shit. I grew up in Manhattan. It's all Jews. You know, it's Jaime Town, like Jesse Jackson said years ago. Um, Jaime Town. Yeah, that's why, he didn't, that's why he didn't get a chance to do it. It was a great story. Um, but anyway, so we're 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 standing there, and and in, in, in a Greek Orthodox baptism, the priest 
first of all, everything he says, he says three times. Do they do that in all baptisms? They say it three times because the power of three in the Trinity, like, so he says, he says, like, and it reminds me all of the Godfather, like, you will renounce Satan, you will renounce Satan, you will renounce I mean, that's totally, I mean, that's, I mean, sure, that's made up, that's not very, yeah, I mean, that's not biblical, but I get, it's cool, sure, power of three, I like it. Whatever, I don't know what the fuck it is, you know, um, and then, and and then he says, you know, and I think it, the words are not right, but something along these lines. He says, uh, "You will, you will live by the word of Christ. You will something like that. You will live by the word of Christ. You will live by the word of Christ." And my daughter looks at me and she says, "Daddy, who's Christ?" <laughs> and I said, "It's a Jesus. It's a Jesus, Nora." And she said, "Oh," and I was like, "This is a good moment for me because, like, you know." She's half Jewish and ha- and 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 Linda's family, you know, is kind of Christian. You know, they they should they they were a Christian at one point. They're culturally Christian, as they call it. Yeah, you know, but it was just it was it was one of these moments. You know what I mean? Like it was a weird moment, um, and it must be weird for a Christian to hear that. Like it's weird, right? It's weird. But it, but as, yeah. as, as, as what as a, the, it's weird that she didn't know who it was. Yeah, and that I took pride in it. As a non-practicing Jew, my daughter, who's not exactly Jewish, asking me who Christ was, there's just something funny about it. It is know. funny. It'd be like, what would be the equivalent? It would be like, damn it, I can't think of a good equivalent. Dude, there is no equivalent, but she doesn't know shit about Judaism either. Uh, she, that's, <laughs> I, I, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, and I shouldn't take pride, but that's another thing. That's an interesting thing to me. Um and, and this is like a, I, I real I really shouldn't talk about it, but I'm just going to allude to it. Like I've come into my own faith, you know, not and it's not a Jewish faith and it's not a Christian faith. Just my it's my faith in recovery, you know, that I that I have a relationship with God now that I, I have a better I have a, a much more helpful relationship with God. And it's, it's even right. uncomfortable. Yeah, but it's uncomfortable for me even to say it. You know what I mean? To say those words, but I know it's true, but I don't, I get uncomfortable to talk about God. But one, who my daughter, you, Dave, who hurt you? Who didn't Jed? Okay. Every, every, you know, um, but it's just like, you know, I grew up godless. My dad was, uh, my dad grew up very, very devout Jewish. Um, he was like, uh, you know, he went to an Orthodox temple in Queens and, uh, and and my dad is, is very smart, and uh, and he was all about uh, learning about the Talmud and the Old Testament and all this stuff. And the rabbi's like, I could see you being a Talmudic scholar, you know, like and wow. like kind of pegging him to go on to some sort of serious religious study. And at the same time, my dad like got introduced to science, and uh, and he got accepted into one of the better schools in New York City, this high school called Stuyvesant, and he and he loved science. And then he started going to the rabbi and asking questions about evolution and, you know, like these very these questions that contradicted Orthodox Jewish take on the creation of the world. And my dad was just disgusted by it. So from that point on, he called himself an Orthodox atheist where he lived for Jewish culture. He lived for the music, the food, all that stuff. But he hated the word. You know, he didn't even like he didn't particularly like God. No, no, no. no. So, well, and I was, I was gonna say, I think actually, so I, 
and this who knows when I have kids. I mean, obviously, I'm going to talk about it with my kids, but I think you, your daughter sh- like asking questions and finding out for herself is way better than being rammed down her throat. I think that's how real interest in stuff maybe starts. I don't know. You know, it's, it's just well, like... She had this problem, okay? She had an issue where it was like, the, you know, it's like where, where real um, self-awareness starts. You know, I'm starting mm-hmm. to see it in her. She's nine years old and she, she was having a problem in school. And, um, and she wasn't, and she was feeling like stressed, like she wasn't smart enough and she wasn't, you know, cool enough and she didn't understand something. And, you know, she's probably just ADD like me and her mother, but she felt stupid in the moment. And she was really like going through something. And I took her aside and I said, you know, if you feel like you, like you have no control in this situation or you feel helpless, you can always ask God for help is what I said to her. And uh, she said, what do you mean? And I said, well, sometimes when I feel like I'm in trouble and I can't get out of it, even if it's, I'm just thinking a negative thought, I can ask God to help me not be crazy. And it helps me, you know, and, and it's like, and it doesn't mean that God is sitting up in the cloud. It's just something you can ask of the world and you can pretend it's the ocean. And she's looking at me, her eyes are rolling around in her head. She's nine years old. She's like, daddy, you're fucking crazy. You know what I mean? She didn't say that, but I could see it on her face. And when Linda heard the story, she was like, what are you doing? And it's like, it's true. Two parents, because two, because two parents should be able to have the conversation together where oh, it's okay. like, cause like Linda doesn't have the same conception of God that I do. And, I, and like, it's just like, it's something like I, I, I take great comfort in that when I have a serious problem, I know that if I take it to prayer, it gets sorted out, which is something I learned mm-hmm. in the last three and a half years. Yeah. Like I never had that before now. Yeah. You know? What, what, yeah, no, that's yeah, that's good. What's uh, so sn- snapshot on your life, dude? What's going on? How do you like? Uh, what's what do you do? What do you do recovery wise? Well, this oh. week I I didn't do fucking shit. I actually I actually like got a I kind of got a new sponsor this week um, because I was feeling a little lost. You know, usually snapshot of my life is I usually. Um, I go to like one or two, one, two or three meetings a week, and uh, more than me. Well, how many do you go to? Uh, I go to a, a men's book study. That's it. That's it. For how long? Um. Well, so all right. Here's the like, <clears throat> and it's funny. Uh, my my boss uh, recently started listening to the podcast. So, hey, buddy, if you're listening, what's up? See you next week. Um, <laughs> um, no. So, okay. Well, here, here's kind of, here's my current regimen. Cause I, you know, I work in recovery, so that's, you know, that's what I do. So I kind of quickly went through that, dude. The last thing I wanted to do when I get off work is go to a meeting when I've literally like held meetings, you know, three times that day. Um, Aren't you going to a meeting if you hold a meeting? Well, then that's what I'm saying. So, well, hold on. So that's what I'm saying. I'll, I'll I'll lay out what I do, what I consider my like my program or whatever. So I have um a men's book study with my sponsor and like my sponsorship lineage uh, Wednesday nights, and I have a men's group uh, Bible study small group um, with my pastor where we 
hang out and then we play poker on Thursday nights. Um, and, is that a poker game or is that a Bible study? Or both? Uh, it's Bible study and then and then poker. And you always do both. Yeah, it's that's it's split up that way. Okay, but it's never like fuck the Bible study. We're just going to no, play cards no, no, tonight. No, 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 no. Okay. And it's not and it's for not... money. It's just for fun. Okay. Yeah, it's for, for spiritual money. spiritual dollars. Yeah, spiritual dollars. I, so far, I've won three trips to heaven. So I'm right, just, I'm just, go. I got, I got extra if you want one. I, I totally, do with them I, I totally could use one. Yeah, I Continue. got you. I got you. It's in the mail. Uh-huh. Um, and then, uh, and then I'll hit a meeting every now and then. In addition to that, and then I have church Sundays. You know, I play in the band. So you're yeah. playing in band. What kind of band? The <laughs> the, the worship band, baby. So what kind of music is it? Like gospel? No, no, no. It's it's like I guess you could call it um contemporary rock, I guess. What do you play? The drums. I didn't know you played the drums. I never told you that? No. Oh yeah, dude, I'm a drummer. Dude, I never heard you play music. Oh dude, dude you know, but you see the thing about you, Jed, is like I know you from talking about podcasting mostly. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, number one. That's true. And then and then we talk a little bit about recovery here and there. You know, and uh but like I didn't even know you were an artist until like like we were at some point and I'm like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like I looked at something on Facebook and I was like, what the fuck? You know, and then like I don't know that you're a drummer. You know what I mean? Like I don't I also know that you're doing you're dabbling in a little stand up comedy now too. I you saw that, did you? Did you uh, laugh? Yeah. I did. Yeah. I did. That was fun. I, I haven't done it since. Well, you, you know, listen, the, 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 the designation for success in anything is fucking practice. Yeah. And it's, and it's the truth for everything. You know what I mean? Like you, you put in the work and the results come. Like I did stand up twice. I did stand up once and I was, I, I was still smoking weed. I was drinking a little. And I went on stage and I was like, I was like, yo, I'm stoned and a little drunk and I'm a heroin addict too. And like, it was a crazy laugh. You know what I mean? Like, and then like, <laughs> I, I, I went in there with, 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 a, with a plan. I had two stories. I had my classic old dopey blue cheese story. I don't know if you remember that. Yep, I do. And, um, and I had this note. I like had a cleaning lady at the time and she like wrote me this note. After she cleaned my house, and it was like it was this was a fucked up note about the condition of my house, and I had I had it on like this huge piece of paper, and like I folded it up all, and I was in my pocket, so I pulled it out to read it, and I killed, you know what I mean? Like that's a good, that's a good, that's good. It was it was great, it was great, and I was like, I got this, I'm fucking funny, you know. I was a waiter, I made people laugh at the table every day. I was like, I'm fucking funny. And then the next time I was go this up, at one of those famous New York spots. Where was it at? It was in Manhattan. I don't think it was, it was like a okay. place. Called, it's called Laughing Buddha. It's on Bleecker Street. Oh, okay. It's okay. it's near the very famous spot. But okay. it's not, I'll take it's not it. Um, and the second time I go in there, and I'm like, I got this. I was like, I'm not even gonna do my blue cheese shtick this time. I'm not gonna do any of that stuff. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fucking freewheel. And it was so bad. Like it was just. <sighs> It was just like, I'm like yelling at the crowd. Like I'm yelling at a, a woman got up and started moving around. I was like, what are you walking around? It was like so uncomfortable. It was just, it was Were so. Were you fucked bad. up? No. Maybe I was mm. a little, maybe, maybe a little bit, but like it was Not like. Not enough to excuse your behavior. No. no, it was just, it was a That's terrible, 
terrible experience. And it was an experience that made me say, I'm not, I'm not going to be a stand-up comedian. You know, and any, yeah. any stand-up comedian will tell you that they bomb sometimes. Yeah, you, they say it's, it's like a requirement. But they'll also tell you that the trick to stand-up comedy is getting up all the time. And it's like having your, your material backwards and forwards. Yeah. You know, yeah. knowing it, knowing it, knowing it. And like the reason that I can't do comedy is because like I'm not a night person. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, not anymore. Just, yeah, I never, I, I never, I never. Really? Was. Like, I used to play in a well, band. Oh, that's right. You were never like a, an uppers guy at all, though. That makes sense. No, I, but I was never an uppers guy, and I mean, I was such a morning person, such not a night person. I used to play in a band, like in a, a ska reggae band, and we opened for the Whalers um, in the late '90s or something. And like, we we fucking played this killer set in Manhattan, and then the Whalers get on stage. I literally fall asleep in the crowd, you know, like, and I should have been like just bursting with energy, but that's just like, you know, that's the way I'm built. You know what I mean? Like in the morning I'm fucking ripping to go and you know, I'm great at night. I'm just, I'm just done. I don't have any energy. Isn't that what time you record though? Don't you record it like late ass at night? I know. You, I bet the show would be amazing if it was recorded in the morning. I bet it'd be so much fun. So what, like, so you got this huge, no, I want to hear about your band. Like, so you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not my band, you know. But it's, it's just. Whose band is it? That's a good. I guess our. So our worship leader is the. So that'd be like the band head or whatever. Um, he's uh. Well, so this was kind of a god thing too. So I got yeah. I'll just tell the story. So I got really. I was getting really, so my whole thing, I I shit on Christianity a lot on like organized Christianity or whatever. And so I, I finally found a church. It's like a real smart church, but I have a lot of intellectual leeway. And like, I mean, I have my Bible studies with my pastor and I'm constantly like being the, the like, are you sure that's what it says guy? You know, like what's, you know, what are we really doing here? Um, like my suggestion, (laughs) It didn't go over well. I was like, how about we play music behind a sheet? Because I don't want, like, why are we, like, on stage at church? It's not supposed to be about us, right? I was like, so why don't we play behind, like, a curtain? And they were like, no, we're not going to do that. And I was like, okay, <laughs> whatever. And, uh, yeah, and I, I had one, I had one uh, hill that I was going to die on, like, a while back. They tried to make regulations, and they had, like, a worship team like little like code of conduct thing and one of them was like wear nice shirts and i was like now hold on just a fucking minute there i was like the day Je- i yeah jesus I like, didn't wear nice shirts that's exactly, that's I, have to exactly fucking do it. what I, I was like show me in the bible where it says i gotta wear fucking khakis all right, all right, all right. and i've told him right. too i was like the day i see a smoke machine up in here i'm out like we're not doing that um but so i was getting burned out on it and i was like yeah i think i'm kind of over it and um, this new guy came, he was from California or whatever, this real laid back, um, total, just imagine hipster guitar guy, like cabbie hat, skinny jeans, boots, cuffs, um, you know, talks real, like real, real cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? He kind of talks like this. All right, cool. Daddy. And, uh, then I found yeah. out he was, um, an alcoholic and he's been sober too. And I was like, Whoa. And it totally, um, 
and he had, he had all these, he's like an actual, he was a, a session musician, like a studio musician. So he's yeah. fucking good. And, um, then we got this guy, he doesn't play all the time, which sucks, but he is this brilliant composer. He's a, uh, our pianist, but he uses synth pads. He, um, he does like movie scores and he gets commercial gigs for, like LSU football, their videos. He does like all these commercials where he just composes like gorgeous ass orchestral music. So he's crazy talented with that. Um, and then we just, you know, sometimes we just play lame ass contemporary Christian music, but sometimes we can play some cool stuff. They're cool. It's so, somebody said it a while ago and it, it's true. It's like church bands are really one of the, rare things these days where if you're a musician you can just you get to play shows all the time and like you know what I mean it's it's without having to do much it's so it's pretty cool and yeah it's fun I love um I mean I like that really old gospel music like black old gospel music like I love that kind of music and um like I, I mean, like I have so many regrets in my life, and one of the regrets was not committing myself to an actual instrument when I was young. I mean, I can play harmonica really well. You know, I'm a pretty good harmonica player. I can play guitar, like not great, but like I would have loved to like force myself into something. And like I had a friend, I have a friend, a woman who's a a pianist, and she she plays like gospel, like in church. You know, and she can play like that shit's everything, tough, dude. Yeah, but she can do everything. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and like, it's possible to not be as good, but be able to play the changes on these songs. You know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. it's just what a satisfying thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I miss playing in bands so much, <clears throat> but I, I really, truly have not a chance to do it now. Like my life, I mean, the snapshot of my life is I've never been so busy. I've never yeah. been close. I've never been close to the level of busy that I am because I, I wait tables. I do this catering job and oh. sales job for work. I fuck let, what? what you well, I was going to say, let me, let me, let me, um, let me tell you this, this awesome as a musician to play to manage, you'll appreciate this. So I was, um, this was like just the coolest fucking setup I'd ever seen. I was selling, this is when I was selling Suboxone. Um, and I sold to this, like jock kind of late twenties dude, right? And one day he was like, Hey, you play the drums? And I was like, Yeah. And he was like, Are you good? You know the question. And I was like, Yeah. I mean I'm I'm pretty good, you know, the sheepest answer. Like, yeah, I can, uh-huh. you know, whatever. And he's like, All right, cool. So me and my friend's dad, uh, he has this this space in his basement and we jam on like Thursday nights. You wanna you wanna come out? And I was like, Yeah, fucking right, sure, let's try it. And so I go, were you, know, you clean? Were you clean at the time or no? Oh, no, 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 okay. no. I was on meth and all sorts of stuff. But um, uh, it, this was functioning days. It was functioning. Uh-huh. Like I had my shit together for the most part. <clears throat> so and I, but I looked like a absolute drug addict. Like I looked horrible. Um, so I show up at this dude's house and it's like five or four. It's him, me, and four. I mean, we're talking 50 to 60-year-old men, and they've obviously either don't have kids or done really well for themselves because he has this massive... His entire basement was converted into a jam room slash recording studio. 
He had two full drum kits. I mean, the full fucking setup. And so, and they record themselves every time they jam. So they have like a sound mixer. And I'm yeah. like, hold, this is not what I thought I was walking into. And they give me the the look, the look of like this fucking guy. Like, and they they immediately tried to vet me. Like, yeah, I mean, a normal drummer. I mean, let's just like play a song or two, see if it works out. And I was like, okay, guys, sure. And uh, you know, I crushed it, and it was awesome. They like slow. It was just one of those great moments where like slowly, like I look around and their faces kind of nod to each other, like, okay, this kid can do it. All right, let's kick it up a notch. Da da da. And then like you know, their their grimaces turn to smiles by the end of the night. So it was pretty funny. But no, that's awesome. Yeah, I miss, I miss, I miss like. I miss that situation. I miss like being able to play, but like honestly, like <clears throat> I was playing in a band until uh, I got my family back. You know what I mean? Like, and if I, I would definitely keep my family over playing in a band. You know what I mean? Well, like, and I, the roundabout point of my story was when the kids move out, you can go back to it. Like it, that, that's totally an older hobby, just like golf and shit is. It's just like, yeah, but I'm like, it's just like the way I, I started this interview, like how sick I am in terms of like wanting everything to happen. It's like, I feel, I felt the same way about music and like, I like to play music. I, I love to play music. You know, I play to my, my 10 month old, she gets in the jumper. I sit there and I, I strum songs and I play her songs every day. But I loved being a young person in a band and pretending like we were going to get a record deal and like that's gone. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, I know I can play when I'm older, but it's not the same thing, you know? Yeah, no. And I had, I had my small chance. So like originally in high school, I was the, (laughs) the screamer in a metal band. Okay. Um, and that was the most fun thing I have ever done in my entire life, and I, and heroin completely ruined it. Like it's yeah, 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 it was a total VH1 thing where like we were literally about to get signed, and then lead singer had to go to fucking. That's when I moved to Louisiana to go to rehab, and yeah, that that was that was a wrap. So that really sucked. But that was yeah. It's so funny looking back at the the different points your life could have taken turns if only well, you. Had, I- I had the same kind of thing when I was, I was like 23 and it was my first real dope habit. <clears throat> and I had, um, I was making a TV show. I was making a, a TV show about music for this very, very low, you know, it was, it was a, it was a subsidiary of Broadway video of Lauren Michaels company. It yeah. was a college, it was a college cable company called Burley bear. And I had a, I had a job on there. Sounds like a gay bar. Yeah, I know. They were really stupid with the name. Uh, they were like preppy guys who wanted to their original idea was to set up a closed circuit television network that just played to ski resorts to show like ski conditions. But that that's the most into, hyper specific shit I've ever heard in my life, Dave. Well, because they obviously went skiing all the time and they saw like there was like closed circuit TV and they're like, We could get shows here. And that turned mm, into okay. colleges and that turned into they started uh, a talk show called Half Baked, and it was before Half Baked the movie came out. And what it was was it was a TV host who would get stoned and and make food, and that was the show. So this okay? is Vice before Vice. Well, that's being very generous, but yes. Um, well, I mean that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean basically, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was that it was all that. Yeah, I guess they do. Vice does a show like that now too. It was totally. all that stuff. And, um, and I got hired to be uh, a host, 
you know, I got hired to be a production assistant, but I had been on MTV when I was in high school. So I was like, you should put me on the air. You should put me on the air. And I, and I was like kind of being a production assistant and I was an associate producer. And then they were like, let's put him on the air. And they were like, they basically, what they did was they would send out two hours of programming every day or every week or whatever. And then they started to do a third hour and they're like, let Dave host the third hour. And like, and I was like, all right. And I, I remember they hired me and I was like, just stoner, you know what I mean? Just like this ridiculous stoner. And I would do blow here and there. And do you have long hair? I had like the hair, like to hear kind of thing. Like, just oh, like, Oh yeah, dude, the gross nineties thing. Well, take take it easy. I I <laughs> like I came, I came up in that time, so it didn't. I, I I called it more of like the the urban shaggy look. Okay, yeah, you know yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it was, but yeah, if you looked at me now like that, yeah, it was the gross nineties thing. It, sure. it would be the the Stephen Baldwin biodome, something like that. I don't, I'm not yeah. familiar with this Stephen Baldwin movie, but and like and like and, and honestly, if you look at me in pictures, like I didn't look that good, but in my imagination, I looked great. I'm sure you looked. But, I'm sure you looked dapper. So, so like, what was the point of the story? Uh, the guy, the guy, the guy, he's this preppy fucking TV producer and he pulled, and he was like this crazy deadhead, crazy Rolling Stones fan, you know, like, like fraternity brothers, stoner, like, like khaki pants wearing Canadian, you know, just not like me, you know, yeah. and he calls me into his office and he's like, he's like, listen, Dave, I know you think you've done a lot of drugs, but I promise you I've done more. Uh-huh. I was like, I was like, whatever you say, man. I was like, whatever you say. And I was like, I was like, literally, just pay me. Let me work for you. All I wanted to do is make TV shows. That's all I wanted to be on TV shows. I wanted to make TV shows. That's all I wanted to do. I was like, whatever you say, I'll do it. And so he put me on like this hosty kind of job. He gave me a job on Half Baked. On Half Baked, I was the marijuana coordinator. I had to go score. What a five. job title. They would give me money to go score bud, and then I would get high with the the host. And if he was not, if he was too high, I would like get a sandwich. I'd be like, "Here you go, Matt. You got to eat this." <laughs> and like, and like, and that was my job. And then like, then something weird happened, and he kind of left. And um, <clears throat> and they they were like, and they had this producer for a music video show, and they were like, "Do you want to produce?" And they didn't like what he was doing, and they said, "Do you want to produce?" the music video show. And I was like, yeah, I would love to produce the music video show. And they were like, we want you to host it too. And I was like, great. You know, I was like, great. And, um, and that week, uh, I don't know if you know this rapper, this very, very famous rapper from the eighties and the nineties, this guy KRS one was yeah. playing, he was playing at tramps, which is an old club in New York. It doesn't exist. And I was like, Oh my God, KRS one is playing at tramps. I was like, why don't we go interview him? And then, and we could, and then we could show a video, and we could show an interview, and we could kind of mix it up. And then we wound up shooting the performance, and they just they kept their music video show, and they let me do a show of whatever I wanted. So it was like we would go to rock and roll bands, and I would interview them, and like and uh, and within a, a year or something, they had given me a contract, like a, a decent contract. And also within that year, I, I became addicted to heroin. It was the same year. And at the same time, I was playing in this band, like um, like I had played in ska bands my whole life, and and my and the ska band I was in kind of folded. And you they, played and guitar. No, I played harmonica in that band. I really? Like yeah. Okay. And um, and I sang, and um, but when we started this new band, we wanted it to be kind of like, kind of jammy, 
dance hall style band with with like we wanted it to be like like if it was like like Beanie Man rhythms or Buju Banton rhythms meets like the Almond Brothers, and it's like okay, and it, and it was fucking great. It was like the best music I had ever been a part of. But at the same time, I remember we were recording and we were rehearsing in Westchester. Like I had just written "Good So Bad." Then I had written. We had just recorded the intro for Dopey. That that's from a session from then. I, I wanted to tell you as a drummer, I fucking love that snare sound. Oh, that's John, my friend John. Tate. I don't know if that's like a timpani or what, but it just sounds so good. Like just it's so I'll crisp and tight. That we, yeah, we recorded, we recorded that then. Okay, and, and like. And it seemed to me like we were really onto something. I just written Good So Bad. We had recorded a version of it, which is my favorite version of Good So Bad that ever gotten recorded, and it's gone. And, and we started doing these uh, these these uh, dance hall jams, you know. And, I, and there was a singer who was good, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't the main singer; I would sing like rock and roll songs in it. But there was a good singer, and I, I was like, "Holy shit, this music is so good." And it's so exciting. And I remember like at, at the breaks in the rehearsal, I would go to the bathroom down the hall and I would sniff lines of heroin off, off like a CD or like whatever. And I would get so fucked up. And like, I remember how magical it was, but yeah. I also knew that between that and my job that like, I wasn't going to be able to take it seriously. And in a minute I was physically dependent to dope in a minute. You know what I'm saying? And in a minute I lost the contract with the TV company and the band and everything was gone. Everything. And, and it's it didn't so fucking crazy. And like, I mean, it's not, yeah, yes. And yeah. that's the story. But, and yeah, dopey, yeah. dopey's the closest thing to all the success I used to have. I mean, I did that. I did my web series and the last Jewish waiter. And that was kind of like a little success, but like, yeah, write that down. But I, but I, but I fucked that up too. You know, the same way with drugs. I fucked the last Jewish waiter up with drugs too. And now this dopey thing, it's like I it's everything I had wanted and I don't want to fuck it up. You know well, what I'm saying? That's what I was gonna say. Um so like okay, so so what is the goal? Yeah, what's the goal with dopey? So you wanna turn it into a TV show? Well, that's a goal. Or like a Howard Stern, basically, type thing? Like a broadcast? Uh, I don't know. The goal is to, is to make a living at it. You know what okay. I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't need to be... The, it would be nice. The goal isn't to make a living at it. it would, I don't have a goal, because like, I'm not goal-oriented. That could be a problem. Uh, but I, I would... Because I, I, I don't want to be disappointed. I don't want to say the goal is to make a living and then not make a living. You know what I okay. mean? Like that, yeah. would, that, would be, that would be depressing. But I want to make a living at it. It doesn't have to be broadcast. You know, I mean, like, Joe Rogan does pretty well. He doesn't fucking broadcast. You know, Mark Yeah, Marin- I mean, he, he does YouTube. So it is, that's what I, like, he, uh, that's what I meant by broadcast. As in, um, uh, streamed somewhere. He does he a live. He does it live? Yeah. Mark Marin doesn't, though. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Rogan's Check is all live, which is fucking Check- impressive. Check it out. Marin fucking, you know, like... He was so good on Dopey. Like he was, he was such a good yeah, guy. Yeah, I know. And um, and I'm like, I'm trying to be friends with him, and he's not that interested in being friends with me. Um, but, <laughs> but you, then I, what? Tell me you about know. your failures. Like, have you been like, been like, hey, buddy, what you doing? 
No, it's like it's hey, like Mark, yeah. It's me, I'm like Dave. I'm like, what are you wearing, Mark? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I'm like I'm like, it all happened. And, and first, before it happened with Marin, he was like, don't. He was like, I don't want. Please don't annoy me on Twitter because I had annoyed him for like years. And he's like, I, he's like, I'm willing to come on your show. He's like, please don't blow up my Twitter. I was like, okay. And then he had given me, oh, he had taken my number when I met him. He didn't give me his. He had taken my number. And um, and then a day had gone by, and I didn't hear from him. So I tweeted at him. And then he texted me. He's like, I told you not to do that. <laughs> and then, like. You're a child in that way. I love it. Well, that, I mean, it's like. Of, I need to take notes out of your book, though. Fuck. Dude, it's like it's not, but it's very painful to be. Are a, you on the toilet? No, I just, I just. Was uh, that toilet paper? No, oh, I just, I just, I just had a funny image of my mind that this entire yeah, interview is you've been I'm taking a that. shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> just, hold on a second. Hold on a second, Jed. In every God, sense of in every sense of the word, I've been taking a shit. Um, yeah, yeah, what was yeah. I gonna say? Fucking uh, Mark Maron, Twitter. I told you not to do that. And I was like, uh, and then he did the show. <laughs> And then I thanked him to do the show. And then he tweeted a link, but I was like unsatisfied with the link he tweeted. So I wrote him again to like tweet something else. And he did it. You know what I mean? And I didn't, I left him alone. You know what I mean? I like, I didn't bother him for a long time. And then I was like, why aren't I trying to befriend Mark Marin? And it's like, why aren't I listening to his show and telling him how much I like it? And you know what I mean? Like, so I tried to start, I tried to start doing that. And it just, it didn't work out. And then I said to myself, all right, well, I don't blame Mark. Mark Maron's very famous. He's very successful. He doesn't, he doesn't need me to be his friend. But I was like, maybe, and this is where it gets interesting. I said, maybe I could buy an ad on the Mark Maron show. I could just spend money and buy an ad on the Mark Maron show. How much could it possibly cost? And then I'll, I'll record the ad and, uh, and I'll play it on Dopey. So I'll invest in a Mark Maron ad. And in my head, I was thinking, the most an ad could cost was I was like I would spend seven hundred bucks. Right, on right, do you know the actual number? Because I, I want to throw out a guess. No, I know the number now. No, I, no, no. Well, I want to guess is why. Because before you tell me the actual number. All right. So I write him and I said, I said, Mark, I want to buy an ad on your show, and he gave me the person to talk to. So I wrote that guy an email, and, and the guy didn't write me back that day, and he wrote me back a few days later, and he gave me the number. Uh, yeah. So it. I'm gonna guess uh, for thirty seconds for a thirty second ad. How many times? Once. I think, I think just once. Oof. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I judge, judging, uh, I'm gonna use your facial cues. Um, yeah. Three grand. No. How much? Ten grand. Shut the fuck up. So, like, Mark $10, has ten thousand dollars for a thirty second ad on his podcast. I might, it might have been the 60 at second spot. I might have just said, well, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 10 grand for an ad. The point is, wow. though, the point is he does, he does several ads. You know what I'm saying? And he doesn't broadcast. You know what I mean? He had Obama on the show. He just did his thousandth episode. He's obviously yeah. very, talented. he was one of the first in the game. Yeah. I mean, very committed. You know what I'm saying? Um, so like, uh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Is this, what do you mean? Oh, no, 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 no. Saying... I, the roundabout when, when I was saying the broad, yes, I'm just, I'm, connecting dots in my head yeah okay i got you yes you can very much well and what's interesting is some people think that 
some people intimately tie the podcast and a video companion with it, and you know, and some people, I guess, that the the prediction is going to be what podcasting is going to look like five years from now. Is it going to be more so? Like, is it going to be where if you don't have a companion YouTube, nobody's going to give a shit, or you're not going to be as noticeable? So I, I don't know. I guess it's going to be one I'm of those not, future I'm predictions. Not, I'm not against. Um, like I've been, I started after Chris died. I started putting all the episodes on YouTube, but without um, without video, obviously. Like I, yeah. I, I actually went on somebody's podcast the other week. Oh man, it's so fucked up. It's like I went on this podcast the other week. And, and it was this podcast I was. I, I'm revealing a lot of stuff on your show, by the way. I'm revealing yes, a lot that's, of stuff. That's that what I, I do. I'm. I'm. I'm good. I'm good. You're, you're like the sober, sober Oprah. Yeah. Sober. Um. And uh. And I went on this show and like. It was the show that I kind of wanted to get on, and the guy, the guy's like, Ugh, it's it's like very embarrassing. The guy's like, your story is so sad. You know, with Chris dying and, and Todd dying and whatever, you know, we're drug addicts, blah, blah, blah. He goes, I'm going to have a stripper come in and get naked every time you say something that's depressing. And I'm like, did you get on the Howard Stern show? No, it's like another wannabe Howard Stern show. Yeah, I went, if, if I went on the Howard Stern show, oh, okay. you see that? No, it's out? Yeah, but I didn't promote it because I'm like embarrassed of it. Oh, okay. What a fucking awkward thing to say. He says, you're so sad. I'm going to bring a stripper out. But, but I was such a pussy. I didn't say, that doesn't sound like a good idea. I was such a pussy. I didn't tell Linda. And I was like, I don't want Linda to know about this. I was such a pussy that I was like, it's like my story isn't depressing. It's tragic. You know, Yeah. it's like your girlfriend dumps you. It's like bring a stripper out when my girlfriend dumps me, not when my friends die. You know, right. how, how to be sorry that my friends died. You know right. what I mean? Like, so like the whole thing became awkward. Then, but the point is, it was like there's a video, okay? And um, and I'm like, I look super fat. I'm like, I decided to wear my dopey hoodie. I wore the dopey hat and I wore sunglasses. I look insane. I look like some fat Jewish like be real from oh. Cypress Hill or something. It's terrible. That's awesome. It's terrible. That's great, dude. You should take this piece out of the show, by the way, because now people are going to see it. Like I, I was so dude, I don't want to. Come on, nobody, nobody in the Dopey Nation saw it. You know I, what I'm, I'm saying? Don't make me take it out. Come on, no, take it out, take it out. I shouldn't Damn have said, it, Dave. I'm so embarrassed, Jed. Just take it out. All right, Look I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take out the name. Is that okay? Yeah, just take okay, out like, the name. Okay, I'm gonna take out. All right, so. All right. What was that? So when you're editing, I'm just playing. I know it. Oh, okay. You fucker. <laughs> um, but um, see, you see, Dave, with podcast editing, when you make a clip, just, just just take out the name. It's a funny right. story. It doesn't it's even a matter. Very funny story. Just yeah, bleep every mention of the name. Okay. See, I don't know how to bleep. I need to do that. How do you do that? I don't know either. I just can't take the name out. But Chris, Chris bleeped. Yeah, Chris I'll just be, yeah, I just cut it out. I'll cut it out. You know, Chris, let's stop, be, let's we'll stop Chris, talking about because people are gonna be like, "What the fuck are you yeah. talking about?" Um, what I was he, what I've been meaning to ask you: How come you never tried to get um, you know that Instagram star, Fat Jewish? Yeah, yeah. I, what I are your saw thoughts him. On, I wanted your thoughts on him. 
I think he's great. I mean, I think the only thing about him that I don't think is great is that he doesn't like do his own stuff. You know, he like he yeah, like he, he he takes other people's stuff. But like, did you watch that movie? I did. That was so interesting. Paris Hilton is a vapid human being. I don't know. I found I found that movie to be painful. American. It was fucking depressing, dude. Yeah, we're talking about American meme. It was so depressing. I watched the, it when I was sick at home, and I was like, I can't, I can't watch it. I, I watched like 20 minutes of it. Because it's like, you know why? Because I'm fucking addicted to fucking Instagram. And like watching a movie like American Meme and being an addict of Instagram, it's like, it's like, it's a million times worse than being a heroin addict and watching a documentary about heroin. I don't know why, but it's yeah. worse. Like, well, as a and heroin, it was... It it was so fucked up too because the that dude um uh what is his name Killix Killix Krillix Kilroy Skrillex Krillian no. the dude it, that went to parties spraying champagne on girls yeah, yeah, yeah. Killian something like that but, I don't know I don't well know. but but he, he, basically the when he was just whisperer. like the slut whisperer. yeah the slut whisperer basically he was like I'm fucking depressed and I don't want to do this anymore but like I have to it's like I gotta just gotta go get drunk again like fuck and i was like that's yeah it was just really sad like he was kind of like laughing it off but you can tell he's just dead inside dude that i should get him on dopey i mean that's should. A, that's a dopey guest and a half but like if I, if I, I mean like i wrote the fat jewish when i was doing my web series and i never heard from him i don't mm-hmm. and I, you know and he he has a, he owns a, a wine company i think that's the most the most of his income is with wine yeah so, so he was all day he wouldn't be a good dopey guest. This this episode brought to you by Rose all day. I mean, like, I don't feel comfortable. Like, I mean, I feel I feel happy. I don't feel particularly comfortable putting on people who are using. You know what I mean? No, like, and um, yeah, no, totally. no more. Um, not even for a guest. I, I've just always, whenever I've seen him, and really, it was just American meme brought it to my. I was like, oh fuck, I wonder if Dave ever talked to him or something. I saw just him just on his name alone. One day, I was walking down Eighth Avenue, going to work, and he walked past me. And uh, and normally, in in a past life, I would stop any famous person I saw. You know what I mean? And I would, I would, you know, and, and I mean, even to this day, I would. Like, I saw Graham Nash on the street the other day. I was like, "Yo, Graham Nash," and he was like, "What's doing?" And I just kept it moving. But like that fat Jewish, I saw him, and I it didn't. It wasn't. It was like a year ago, or two years ago, or even more. I didn't. I didn't realize it was him until I was like fifty feet away, and then I turned around and I was like, "It was him." But like, you know, I mean, that's the kind of guy that I would. That's the kind of guy that I would record. I would stop on the street and I would take out my phone and I would say, "Record, a, I'm fat Jewish, and you're listening to Dolby." That's what that would be. What? So what's what's funny is like, uh, and I guess so. New Orleans has like an unofficial citywide policy of don't bother celebrities, and it's like it's like completely accepted. Like for some reason, like everyone follows that rule because you got like John Goodman, uh, Julia Roberts, uh, fucking um, the Arcade Fire band moved there. Brad Pitt, like a shit ton of people live there, and it's like, and that's part of the reason they go there is because it's like an unofficial policy policy of don't bother celebrities. That's interesting. interesting, isn't it though? But it's like that's why New Orleans is cooler than New York in a lot of ways. It's like New Orleans has like tradition of being cool. New York has a tradition of being a fucking asshole. Like where you need, you know, you you as a New Yorker, you have the god given right to talk to anybody you want. 
that's what a New Yorker has. That's interesting. Yeah, remember that time you had there was roving, <laughs> roving gangs of subway uh, fighters. Yeah, of course. The Warriors, bro. I mean, like I was there. Were you there? Not exactly. How old were you? When I was a kid in my high school, there was a gang, um, and I swear to God, the gang was called the Decepticons. That's and the, fucking awesome. And the Decepticons would wreak havoc. Uh, in Manhattan and I went to this super nerdy school and um and like we were like prime fucking pickings. We were prime pickings for the Decepticons and we'd be like, the Decepticons are coming and so we'd like <laughs> jump to the train and we'd run Did home. you call yourselves the Autobot? Did you say no, like no. Autobots roll out, they're coming? No, and- no but we should we we weren't we were we were like way more afraid than to think to call ourselves the Autobots. Because if we had called ourselves the Autobots, the Decepticons would have destroyed us. I would have, I would have loved... I really want the Decepticons like to have... They carried around like a boombox. I mean, even though the technology wasn't available, but fuck you, it's my story. They ro- roll around with a boombox that like plays the sound effect when they pull their guns out. So it's like... Wah, 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 like the transformation. I, was, I thought you were going to say they roll around with like a, a boombox that can transform into a yeah, person. Oh, that too. That'd because be- that's a bad <laughs> sound wave. <laughs> I, I, I mean, when I was a kid. I'm older than you, but when I was a kid, it's like that's what we watched. It was like uh, Megatron, Transform. Yeah. Did, you, you, did you see a? <laughs> did you see a Bumblebee? No, was it good? You, you need. It was fucking amazing. You need to, especially that. It's like yeah, it was, it was so good. And you got kids, so you have that excuse. But it was like no, it's legitimately good. The movie to see, in my opinion, is that Spider-Man: The oh. Spider Verse. Oh my god! It was so good. I cry. I cried the whole movie. Like I started crying really? when Peter Parker showed up, all fat and oh, like that was so and like real. and he lost Mary Jane. Yeah, and like I, I'm just fucking. I'm crying my eyes out because of like lost childhood. You know what I mean? Like, Oof, yeah. You know, See, like I started ever since I started Zoloft, I haven't had a good cry, and it's kind of a bummer. I only cry at movies. Me too. Like, that's that's some, my thing. You know so, what made me lost childhood cry was uh, "Won't You Be My Neighbor" or the Mister Rogers documentary. Did you see that? I le- I didn't like the second half of it. Like I couldn't stand it. I loved the first. What? Why? What, what was why? I don't know. Like it just it just became more of a travelogue about Mister Rogers than like who he was. I don't know. I got bored. Hmm. I got bored. The beginning of it, I felt like that. You know, I cried like a bitch that whole movie. You know what makes me cry sometimes, and it's it's fucking terrible. It's like, and this is interesting. I think, like, and and whatever. It's like kind of an obvious thing, but people listen to Dopey, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and they catch up on Dopey, and they 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 post something on Facebook, or they write a message to me, like, "Oh, I'm listening to episode blah blah blah," and it's really funny. And I'm like, "Oh yeah," you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm like, I should listen to that. You know what I mean? Like. It's, you know what I mean? Like something right. It's really funny. So like I'll put on episode eighty or episode seventy or whatever, and I'll listen to it and I will fucking cry on the Long Island Railroad. You know what I mean? Like because it's just, Chris or Todd. You know, like uh, oh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, with both of them, with Chris, I'm still just fucking so angry about it. Like like I haven't shaken the anger about Chris. You know, I'm sad. Like, I'm sad Chris died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just so angry about it. With Todd, it's like, 
it's like my childhood died with him or something. Like it's just something fucking, I mean with Chris, like I'm, I'm just so angry at him. You know what I mean? Like dopey's blowing up, blah, 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 blah. But like, I would much rather if we were just doing what we used to do, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know, it's yeah. fun. It's fun for me to be blazing a trail. And I know that Chris would not have let me blaze the trail that I'm blazing now. You know what I mean? He would have been the anchor slowing my trail down. But like, it was more fun. It was a billion times more fun. It was a billion times, a billion times easier. And he had yeah. to I didn't do anything. All I had to do was fucking talk. You know, yeah. I have everything now, you know? And like most of all, like you listen to it. Chris was great. You know yeah, what I mean? He, he really was, was. He was great. You know, he was, he was just so good and so funny and so open. You know, he was just so open for business. Like, meaning I could pummel him and he would laugh. I could I could come to him with a problem and he'd have a solution. Or I could really, like, pull a problem out of him. It was just, he was great, you know? like yeah. And, like, he was my friend, you know? <clears throat> and um, it's very, very sad. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, and, like, you know, it's been, like, whatever. What has it been? It's been eight months, nine months since he died. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously, I mean, I think about him every day. I think about Chris every day. I think about Todd every day. Um, the fact that both of my best friends, two of my best friends died within six weeks of each other. Like it's like trauma. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, after I recorded, <clears throat> I, no, I was gonna say, I, I realized it was similar to trauma because of, because of how bad I, I handled Brad relapsing and I realized that that's what it was like. I mean, I, I so with that, I mean, I flipped out. I mean, I, I was at first cautious and then I got really fucking angry and then I was like ready to go beat him up and then I was going to ready to go grab him and force him into somewhere. And so what what happened though was, um, so he, he's cool now. He's just, he's, he's on Suboxone, but he's, he's doing good. So like the, you know, the fire. I mean, like when, when that had happened, you know, you were right there when Chris had died. Like you were one of the first people I talked to. Um, and I know that how it affected you and I know how it affected so many people that might've known him well, or might not have known him well, you know? And it's like, when I heard that story about your, about Brad, I got mad at that dude too. It's just like, it's like, it's like, it's like anybody can just die. You know what I mean? And it's like, you can think that that's not the way it is, but like, everybody you can just everybody just dies i mean like todd chris probably shot fucking his weight in fentanyl you know what i mean he was crazy yeah todd like sniffed a bag and died you know what i mean like everybody who's listening to this my friend todd um did heroin for you know 15 years you know what i mean he wasn't like a spring chicken he was 44 years old yeah, he did heroin. Yeah, that's 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 like a senior citizen in, in heroin addiction years he did he did uh heroin since he was 24 and, um, you know, here and there, you know, probably not 20 years straight, but you, I'd say he was addicted to heroin for 15 years and <laughs> to, he went to work and then he went to cop and he came home and he, pro- he probably snorted two bags and he dropped dead on his, on his parents, in his parents' house. So if you That's guys are out, fucking... there, if you guys are out there relapsing after you come home from rehab at your folks' house, 
know that a bag could fucking drop you dead in your parents' house. It's yeah. What? That just that just happened in um uh a friend that in AA around here it happened last week. Same thing. Yeah, I mean it's like I guess it happens I guess it happens all the time, but it doesn't happen to me. And like, you know, and I don't know like like I mean, do you still listen to Dopey? When I can. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think the show is still good. This week we had uh, Lenny Dykstra from the Mets on. Um, I saw that. Yeah, no, I'm backlogged. I want to hear that. I'm pretty sure he's using. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, like, I, I love making the show. And, and I, I mean, like, my vision. Sure, I would love to do a dopey TV show. I would love to do. I, I would do a dopey video show. I would do fucking anything. Um, I hate waiting tables. Uh, I, I love doing. I love making a show. I've always wanted to make a show from when I was 15 years old. You know, it's all I've ever wanted to do, and I'm in a position to do it. So yeah, that's what I want to do. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's like you asked me. I remember it was like one of my favorite things. It was like after Chris died. You were like, uh, are you still going to do the show? And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I was like, I'm going to do the show. I was like, I'd love to say I'm not going to do it, and the fans made me want to do it, but I, I didn't want to not do it for a second. You know what I mean? Because, like, this is what I wanted to do. I mean, like, fucking Chris, man. Like, I don't think he cared about doing a show the way I did. I think he loved Dopey. Like, I know he loved Dopey. But, oh, like, yeah. but like, I wasn't going to stop doing a show. I, it's, like, all I ever wanted to do. Well, right on, dude. Um, I think we can wrap it up. I think that sounds good. Yeah. Um, yeah, check out a little podcast called Dopey, the dark comedy of drugs, addiction, and Dave. <laughs> the dark side of... Uh... You know, you know, people are trying to listen to it, right? And they go on iTunes, and for some reason, for some reason, iTunes doesn't have episode 1 to 30. So if you guys really? haven't heard Dopey and you want to hear episodes, one, well, there's a bunch of episodes that are missing that we never put up. But if you want to hear episodes 1, 3, 5, 7, 9, 11, 13, 14, 15, 16 through 30, go to dopeypodcast.com or go to Podbean. Otherwise, you can't listen to it. Who knows why? Weird. And yeah. man's getting you down, bro. Oh. Um, appreciate you, Dave. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jeff.
Why, 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 why